uh, tombstone look in you. You got a little Western look in you. I like that. Howdy, partner. Yeah. You look a little timeless right now. Like you come from like a, 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 you could be from any era, 1850, 1950, 2050. Yeah. I'm going for the pioneer look with the little scummy mustache. I'm really enjoying it. Dude. Great seeing you. Good seeing you too, man. How are you? Are you, are you, have you just take completely taken over that genre? Are you a one man vice? Are you a three billion dollar company? Just one dude doing it? Is that what? Yeah, that- no, I would say I'm closer to. I have two billion in the bank account right now. Definitely uh, taking over that. But um, I would say it's it's me and about four other guys that are really in this niche that are really grinding and getting after it. And we're hitting the road, man, and we're trying to dive into the stories that show people what's really going on in this world. It is on a whole I, th- I think the first time I had you on maybe you had 400,000 then you had 800,000 then you had uh now you're up over a million but here's the thing the content is on a pr- practice makes perfect you're like I I watched a, so the the first time I watched your stuff I probably watched like 8 of your videos in one night in the garage and I liked four of them. Then the second time I liked six. Then this time I was like fucking addicted, dude. I couldn't even stop watching them. It is nuts. You feel like you're getting better? I feel like we're definitely getting better. The team, we, we've been working with each other now for a year and a half. So we're not totally new to this. But I think there's still places to grow. And, and we still have a vision of where we want to be. But overall, I'm very happy with the growth. And it feels like we're getting just a little bit better every time. Yeah, um, who's do the thumbnails? You are you just ecstatic about the thumbnails? Yeah, this random Russian kid emailed me one day asking if he could try and do some thumbnails. He did them, and it's like, whoa! Like he's he's a game changer for sure. Dude, these are popping. I know. These are so, these are something I've been thinking about is the minimalist view. Like, there's a guy named Andrew Callahan. It was just it's just a screen grab, a very basic title, uh-huh. and it goes, and then. I'm more on the superlative side where I'm trying to find the most extreme stuff. And and then the I always think I deliver. So I don't feel bad about doing a, a, a thumbnail like this. But I wonder, is it overkill? Is it good? What do you think as the as a guy that looks at the channel, Savan? No, there's there's they're not clickbaity at all. Basically, to be honest with you, it's for me, it's something about the texture and the way you pop in them. Hmm. Like it's almost like three-dimensional. Like, look at this one down here with like the Muslim. Like investigating um, the most Muslim places in America. Like it's you. And then the guy in the black shirts a little behind him. And then the guy in the white robes a little behind, there's just depth to him. It's without using bouquet, without using shallow depth of field, mm-hmm. there's depth to him. I don't know what it is. It's killer though. Yeah. It, that does a great job. It is so good. Hey, do you know his, um, do you know what he's doing? I, I know he sent me a picture of his setup. Uh, I blend Tommy G. He's just an 18-year-old Russian kid that has a computer, and he like I remember he sent me a picture of his like bedroom setup of how he has his stuff in order, and he just turns out fire every single time. Does he speak English, dude? Choppy English, but definitely like you can tell he he speaks English, but it's not like there's definitely like some of the grammar is a little bit off, you know. Um, and but he watches your stuff on on the internet. I don't think he can completely understand the videos. He's like, oh, from what I can tell, this look this video cool. You know, but I don't think he's really picking up what's going on. Dude, I have this guest on the show pretty frequently. His name is Josh Bridges. He's a really good dude. He's an incredible athlete. 
but someone's saying you're Tom Cruise playing Josh Bridges, and you have to see this guy to get it, but it's good. It's a good, it's a good comment. It's 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 a complimentary to both of you. It's compliment, and that the, the chat's not usually complimentary to anyone, so that's that's it. Well, that's good. I feel a little, a little bit better. Hey, Tommy. Um, when I feel like the first time you were on that there was some cats that you used to roll with and, and I may be confusing you with another interview. God knows it, but bear with me here. If I'm dipping into something that makes sense to you, you used to roll with some other cats who were on YouTube who had big channels, but they were in a completely different genre than you, but young. What was it? Yeah. I mean, if you're, you might be talking about Balin Levine and his, the, the prank world, the, uh, the kind of the practical joke space. I used to be, I used to do more ridiculous uh, public content where I would pull jokes on people. And there were some big accounts. This one kid, I, I think he was like a 17 year old kid and like seventh and eighth graders were like in love with him. Yeah, that's Balin. He's got like four and a half million subscribers. He just did a tour that was sold out. I, I went to his tour in Milwaukee to meet him and talk to him about it. And he's just, the kids love him, man. He, and he, he's got a really positive energy. So he's a, he's a cool guy doing what he's doing. What do do these guys are they tripping on on what genre you've gone into? They love it. Yeah. I think what I'm discovering is um I'd be jealous if I was them. Here's why. Yeah. Um uh you you have purpose. I I don't mean that as a dig to them, but it's like you're really like they are um uh they have a place, their amusement, their entertainment, but dude, your shit is like um entertaining but but has so much purpose. Like everyone walks away anytime I watch one of your pieces, I'm like, okay, I have a new perspective on life. I'm you're you're changing me. Whereas, you know, like someone dropping twelve thousand pieces of bubble gum on someone and giving them a brand new car, it's like <laughs> No, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I think one thing that I'm learning is I think just I want to experience as many interesting stories as I possibly can. Like I want to, like every time we're driving home from a video shoot with my with my crew, I want to be like, holy shit! Like, like for instance, I just got back from Phoenix last uh, yesterday, and the two of the videos that were I would say really notable that we were covering is we spent one day talking to different fentanyl dealers on the border and then in different uh, Arizona cities and interviewing them, and. It's just a wild world because that drug is taking over the country right now. And then the next day we were in a motel room with two prostitutes and a pimp as a prostitutes in the mirror, getting ready, doing her, um, doing her eyebrows or her uh, eyelashes. And we're talking to her as she's getting ready to go out into the street. And so getting into those situations to me is just a really meaningful part of the journey. And then you also realize like the line between good and evil is a lot more different than I would have expected. Like you talk mm -hmm. to people, you're like, Man, this fentanyl dealer is a piece of shit, man. And they they are doing bad things. But I just spent three days with in Phoenix with a fentanyl dealer, and this kid, when he was thirteen, his mom kicked him out and chose a boyfriend that beat her. He's out in the street surviving, and he's doing something that's really bad. But he's not a bad guy in a way. It's hard to say, you know. It's hard. You do, but you get what I'm trying to. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's it's it's not um it's not Satan out there uh, peddling shit um eating babies. It's on one hand you're seeing people like selling fentanyl and then using the money to pay for their fucking uh um uh uh what's that called that you feed babies um, formula 
formula, right? Yeah, I mean, he helped his mom buy a car. He's his girlfriend staying in their rent for like he's paying the bills. He's and these guys are hustlers, and I think a lot of times if they could sell Hot Wheels on the street and the people would buy them off them, they would sell. It would be anything, Pokemon cards. If they could deal Pokemon cards and make a lot of money, they would do it. I don't think they even really care whether it's fentanyl or heroin or Pokemon cards. Whatever is going to be the quickest way to spring a buck and survive out there. Because a lot of these kids have just been, from a young age, have just been surviving in really tough environments. And that doesn't give them an excuse, like a pass on what they're doing, but it gives a perspective on what they're doing that makes it feel more human. Um, normally, when I do podcasts, I just uh, free flow the conversation. I have notes. And then we, I free flow the conversation. And I told myself today I was not going to do that with you because there's some shit that I really want to talk about. Let's dive so, into it, man. So bear with me. I'm going to go down a list. There's some shit like I really want to know. And then I By wanna... the way, I would say the kind of mullet you got going on, I would, I would aspire to have that on my own one day. You look beautiful, very handsome. and Dude, this is not a fucking mullet, dude. What? Give me a side profile real quick. This is a man bun, dude, that I wore down for you. Well, it's, it looks good. It's all I'm saying. Totally backfiring on me. Oh, I would say keep it going, dude. You got yes, that's that's art right there, dude. See, look, 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 look. It's I have this lesbian friend, and she told me it's the Viking dike cut. She actually talked me into do it. Garrett, uh, Garrett, uh, Glinton. She has a podcast too. She's like, hey, do the Viking dike cut, shave the sides, and then I pull it up into a man bun. But I it, think it should be the new trend. If I oh. had the hair for it, I would do it. But just God never blessed me in the way he blessed you. What do you mean? What do you mean? You got a good hair, don't you? That looks like a lot of hair. When, uh, speaking of lesbians, if I try and grow my hair any longer, I look like a, a lesbian. And that's not a look I'm going for at the moment. Well, you know, it's weird. Sometimes when my hair's long, and especially as I get older and my probably my testosterone's dropping, I walk by the mirror and I think like, am I a tranny? Like, I'm like, am I, am I transitioning like with this long hair? I definitely can't shave the beard. I think you got a fantastic look going on. Okay, so all right, good. We'll, 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 we'll roll with that. I'll leave it there, mullet. I don't want any. No, it's not a mullet. Fuck off, everyone. No more. No mullet talk. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, when you when you go out now, since people see your YouTube channel, I'm guessing, and, and people know you. It's 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 gotten safer. I'm guessing by the, by that I mean, um, I can tell a lot of people are assessing you out. I've been in a lot of situations that you've been in, and there's a sessing out period, right? There's like mm -hmm. a, but I'm guessing now that people are like, okay, he's not D, he's not a drug enforcement, he's not um, ATF, he's not, you know what I mean? He's not an undercover. Basically, in some ways, it's a lot easier to get contacts. Like I was looking, I was in San Francisco two weeks ago and I was talking to you and um, I was looking for bippers and boosters and bippers are the guys that smash the car windows and boosters are the guy that goes into a store and takes a bunch of stuff. And I had probably 30 leads of people I could hit up. So my access to the underworld has definitely gotten bigger, but I also have more people like it's a, a status thing too. So like I was with this pimp in phoenix and his buddies come up and they start videotaping us and posting and they start uh you know putting us on instagram and one of my rules especially when we're doing hood stuff is don't post anything until after we're out of the area because the guys will say oh i got all this beef and then they'll post a video of you with them in an area that everyone knows and you have no idea who's watching his story so that's gotten a little bit more dangerous is like it's as it becomes more of like a status symbol like guys will be like oh yeah i'm bringing tommy g to the hood and like they get credibility for that. And then, and then you get all these people that are trying to dive in and take a piece. Like, 
uh, I'm looking for, let's say I'm looking for a fentanyl, fentanyl dealer in Tucson. Well, I'll have rappers that'll pretend to be a dealer, but really just want to talk to me about music. So I have to like find a way to vet people before I show up so I don't have to um, just leave the situation, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's interesting because you're going through a fine balance, right? You're going from unknown to earning their acceptance to to the opposite end, I guess, is like what you just described. People trying to use you to build their shit up when like, hey, you're just out. You, you're 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 actually are a raw journalist. Um, you're you're an anthropologist. You're, vi- yeah, it's, you're an anthropologist. It's become that too. Like it feels like I've gotten to dive into so many different types of subcultures in America that um, it's it's been a road well traveled. And it feels like it just funded that it, the job has turned into every little niche culture there possibly is. I want to try and find a way in there. Um, um, uh, Tom Garen. Hey, what's up, dude? Uh, Merry Christmas, Tommy G. Paychecks, my paychecks, brother. Thank you. Keep it rolling. Shout out, shout out, paychecks. That was a good starting point. If it wasn't, so that's the, he's referring to a company that uh, we were at, I was at for my day job for five years, and I thought it was a big waste of time, but I got assigned the worst zip codes in Milwaukee, and that's actually what got me comfortable in hoods is my day job. And now, you know, if I hadn't had that experience, I probably wouldn't be doing what I am now. So if there's anyone out there that thinks they're in a dead end job or stuck, like, Take what you can out of it because you never know what you're going to take to the next chapter. It, um, that also, but I think also your uh, your wrestling background, your a BJJ background also has given you a stillness and a um, you're when you're there, you're in your skin. Like yeah, it, yeah. you, you know what I mean? You're not like freaking out or acting weird, or you're not like a white dude who's trying to act like a black dude. You're just you. And I think, and, and I think that settles everyone around you down. Yeah. I think just being myself, even if it comes off as nerdy or corny oh, or nerdy, you are a full, blo- but you're a dangerous nerd. Like everyone knows not to fuck with you. The thing is though, Savannah's like elephants are nerdy, but no one's fucking with elephants. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, in the hook, no one's fight. No one's going to, punch me it's gonna be some guy with a switch is just gonna just swing by and it's all my jujitsu goes out the window you know i I don't mean like in actual violence i mean you have a vibe that you take care of yourself Mm -hmm. you're not leaning on anyone you don't want their money you don't want their bitches you don't want their money you don't want them to fight for you you got you and you got that vibe you're like a dude that other dudes want to hang out with you're cool well thank you yeah yeah, you have integrity. You, you, but, but you're also you're eminent. You're capable. I think I think uh, the martial arts world gives people the ability to walk anywhere else you walk through in life. You feel pretty comfortable in that room because you've learned a lot about yourself. Like all the days getting the shit kicked out of you or kicking the shit out of other people, kind of builds you into a, I think a well balanced person. Uh, Balzac seven. Uh, is this a convo uh, or a fluff piece? I've, I can speak with two dicks in my mouth. Don't, 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 uh, don't, um, don't limit me to what I can do. Multitasking. Um, Hey, uh, how is the training going? How's the, uh, jujitsu going? And in, in any training, are you doing any training? You look good. You haven't gotten fat yet. I keep thinking I'm going to turn it on. You're going to get soft. You got like a wife now and money and I train's going good. I need to get my cardio back up. I like, there's nothing like the college wrestling cardio where you feel like you could just do anything. You could run through a brick wall and, and, 
and go for miles and miles. And I need to uh, get back into just running outside more. But as far as the wrestling, jujitsu, I'm st- I'm at the gym frequently, feeling good. But I want to get that like like unlimited cardio back. But maybe as you turn, I just turned thirty, so maybe it's that's just a a bygone era of a young man, you know. And when you say you're in the gym, how often? When I'm in town, four, five, six days a week. Okay, okay. So it is routine for you. Oh yeah, that keeps me balanced. If I go a day or two without going to the gym, I think my wife would make me go because I'd probably start to annoy her too much. I was going to ask you that. Your wife supports that. Oh yeah, and and she's cool with you. Um, spending is she cool with everything so far? Just how does she realize how much you work? Yeah, I have to balance it because like I'm, there was a day I really messed up last week where I said, hey, I'm going to stay home from jujitsu. I'm going to hang out with you before I go out to the trip. And I ended up just taking so many different phone calls that by the time the night was almost gone, I was like, fuck, like I didn't even spend time like I was supposed to. I just was on the phone all the time. So I think guarding my time and knowing uh, when to be present and when to take care of business, because this is something that could occupy seven days a week if I wanted it to. So I had to just have my, my, uh, my boundaries up. Well, the goal, um, more than the goal is the, is it, is it one a week? That's the, that is the reality. It's one documentary a week, one documentary a week. And it's a pretty, it's a fast treadmill to stay on. What about, um, Tommy taking on, um, someone else? Now, I know it's really hard to find. What if you found someone who was like, hey, I just spent three days in blah, blah, blah. Here's my footage. You know, because then that turns me into a network. And my goal is not to become the biggest. I think like I look at it like you look in the military. If you want a specialized operation, you send four guys that are well trained into an area, four to eight guys, you know, and they take care of business. I don't ever want to be the infantry where where I have 3,000 guys marching forward because then it just turns into I'm a manager then. I'd rather be hands-on and keep it small, have my hands on the craft, make sure it turns out really well every time. I don't want to – my goal is not to just grow to the point of maximum expansion. Okay. So listen, people out there, I'm going to tell you how you can get fucking crazy successful on the fast track. Listen very carefully. Very carefully. You're going to make – uh, pieces and they're going to be good and they're going to be short and they're tight and you're going to make one every single week and you're going to send them to Tommy and tell them you'll have them for free and you want nothing from him and you're going to plan to do that for one to three years and then I will in turn say I'm not going to take it but post on your own channel and for one to three years you'll become you'll grow and finally one day Tommy will bite and he'll be like he'll he'll be like okay I'm ready to grow I'm only going to do one every other week and uh because he needs to raise his kids and and you'll be in there don't ask for money don't ask for anything else show him how hard you work be consistent don't take no for an answer I know there's no one out there like that the only two people out there like that in the entire world are me and Tommy well, I don't know if I would give that advice. I'd say build your own platform. Like, why? Why? Why would they should? Why would they want to dedicate themselves to building what I got going on when they can build what they got going on? I would say owning your own platform is always the most powerful thing you can do because then you're your own boss. You make your own moves. You decide where you want to go. Uh, uh, more quality advice from uh, Tommy G. Balzac. No one asked. Balzac is a pretty good username, don't you think? I love his mom. God, she sucks a mean one. 
God, she's so good. Uh, do you, uh, do you have a, um, do you have a baby? Yes. Baby is, uh, we're almost eight months pregnant now. Seven, we're over seven. Yeah. So, uh, we're having the baby in January sometime and we're really excited. Is, are your parents nearby? Hour and a half away. Are her parents nearby? Five hours away. So definitely building the tribe locally is, is important. Damn shit's about to get real. It's about to get real, real, but I'm very excited. I was just coming home the other day on a flight and seeing a mom carry a baby around on the plane and the baby's wearing a onesie and the baby's very cute. And I'm excited for that. I, I, uh, I'm going to, I'm very excited to show the baby the world. It's going to be a baby boy. So like taking him into the woods and falling down in mud and jumping into creeks and chucking rocks. And I, I really want to make sure my kid, uh, is connected to the earth and, that, and that's going to be a big part of my my role, my responsibility to do that. Dude, Tommy, I wonder if you're going to get any um, weird uh, uh, pathologies. Like you don't want to fly anymore because you're afraid you're going to die and not be able to come back to your kid. Or if you're going to pick some shit up. Like now that I have kids, like like I stopped, I stopped, I used to ride uh, bikes on the road all the time. Once a week, I'd go on a 20 mile bike ride. I don't do that shit anymore. I don't want to get hit by a car and not be with my kids. I wonder if, if, any, if you're going to pick up any of that shit. You might I be. Feel like our, I feel like it could happen, but I feel like our job is to become the best, the fullest versions of ourselves for our kids. And so I think I'm going to keep doing that. Everything that's within reason, I'll keep doing. Yeah. Uh, Jan Clark, is Tommy wearing a mustache disguise? It looks like it, doesn't it? You can go to TommyG.com and you too can buy that disguise. Uh, they're on a uh, Black Friday sale right now. Nine three small payments of nineteen ninety nine, and you can get this exact mustache. Uh, have has anyone compared you to Vice? That you're like you're like the non fascist, non racist, uh, open the older Vice and the older Vice, yeah, yeah. And to me, that's a great company. I love Vice. Yeah, they have some really amazing journalists. There's this lady named Isabel Young who did a piece on the Taliban about a year ago, and she was so brave and so, like. The questions she asked were all the questions I would have been terrified to ask. And um, like the, she to me is like a AA level journalist. And so, uh, yeah, Vice, Vice is a one man Vice. I'm actually more of like a five man Vice. I got some really great people on the team. But um, but yes, yeah, so Vice is a great compliment to me. You always have the same camera guy? Always? Yeah, I got Miguel. He's the main cam. Keegan sometimes is the, the backup cam. And uh, it's the three of us always roll out when we're doing these videos. Oh, it's, it's three of you. Yeah. Wow. Yo, yo, any of those guys ever freak out? You know, we all come from pretty suburban, safe backgrounds. So we're throwing ourselves into really weird situations. Like we were just, we were at this very, very sketchy motel infested with fentanyl. And we're interviewing a guy that has killed two or three people in self-defense, just got out of prison, has the teardrop tattoos, has a Glock with a switch in his uh, pocket. He's sipping on scissor. And it's just like, holy shit, dude. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? But um, we they do a really good job. And we kind of acclimated as well. Like, things that used to be a big deal are not so much anymore. And I think we're getting better at vetting the contacts and making sure we're walking into a relatively safe environment. Um, hey, do those dudes... Uh... Are, are do those dudes train? Are those dudes healthy guys? Mo very few gangsters I ever meet are healthy guys. They mostly. Oh, no, sorry. Are. I mean your camera guys. Yeah, actually, um, 
as part of the employee benefit package, we're getting Miguel set up at the at the fight gym today. And uh, he's going to start doing jujitsu and kickboxing. And then Keegan joined kickbox or uh, jujitsu a few months ago. So hopefully everyone on the squad will eventually will, will be even more confident. Get some blue belts. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is interesting. I, I, in, in the, I, I watched probably, I don't know, eight pieces in the last two weeks and you never asked like, like the boot girls, <coughs> do those chicks train or stay in shape at all? They don't look like they do. Do you ever ask? Well, here's the thing. Yeah. I noticed with a lot of, like a lot of women that I meet in, like in the kind of more trenchy areas, if they worked out and ate right. Yeah. They'd all be tens, dude. They're so beautiful, but like they're beautiful without like eating Doritos and not working out. Like imagine what they would look like if they did. Yeah. <laughs> but no one, no one. Do you ever ask them that? Is, is that ever like a topic of like fitness or health or? You know, we talked a little bit about it. They're like, oh yeah, I'm starting. I want to get back into it, but it's just not a priority for them. Yeah. Um, mar marriage is, str marriage is strong. It's good. It's awesome, man. It makes everything in my life feel very stable. And so I always have a nice place to come home to. And we have a lot of fun and we, we have a nice routine. And I think marriage is, I think it's becoming more valued again, but I think my generation saw a lot of the boomer generation, our parents, a lot of them get divorced. And so we probably lost faith in the institution of it. But I think marrying a good partner is probably the most important, like it's up there with the top three most important life decisions you can make. Um, uh, did you ever think you would talk for a living? I thought I would entertain in some way. I didn't know if it was going to be rapping or stand up comedy or this, but I think I've always wanted to entertain. I've always, always like the class clown trying to raise my hand and doing ridiculous shit to try and make the rest of the class amused. You, you when I first met you, you, I thought you were a foreigner because you have something going on with your talk, with the way you talk. You sound different, or I thought I had a weird little dialect going on. Yeah, you thought you thought. Did you ever have a speech impediment or anything like that? I had trouble saying my R's when I was a kid. And and how did you know that? Did someone tell you that? When you can't pronounce your R's in front of other kids, it becomes pretty noticeable quickly. You know, they they, they let you know because um now. I, I just, I see your work and I'm like, wow, this guy, you don't, um, you're not following any of the, you're like one of the most serious journalists I know. I put you up, do you know who, like I put you up there like with like Jorge Ventura, like you. I just spoke to him on the phone recently. Okay, great. Yeah. You immerse yourself in the situation and you bring back the facts and you ask a wide swath of questions so that we can get the full picture. So like, just if you're, if you're, I, you know what I mean? Like if you're doing the fentanyl thing, you still would ask, I know you would ask the guy, Hey, do you work out? Like, like it's, it's, there's a, there's a, a vignette you try to paint of your characters. It's, it's just kind of incredible. And I want, did you ever, you, you knew that somehow you'd be doing something like this. This is just well, a way to sense like I was. I was always the guy that if I was taking a train somewhere or sitting next to somebody, I would always just ask them about themselves and have a long conversation. So it's always been easy for me to go up to a stranger and ask them questions about their life. I've just always been inquisitive and curious and somehow, some way this, this path collided. And now um, I think like one of the things I pride myself in the channel is 
as far as getting deep into the underworld, we have got to be at the top of the list for for doing that. Um, when you were uh, doing the Atlanta Boot Girls, mm-hmm. th- that piece was a trip because at first I thought that they were taking boots off. C- can you t- explain to me what was going on there? Because at first I, I didn't understand that piece and I was kind of like hating those girls. And then when I realized what they were doing, I was like, oh, shit, I kind of like these girls. Yeah, so the city of Atlanta has a practice called booting in which if your car's in the wrong spot or you're in the wrong lot, a, a private company will put a boot on your car, which is basically a clamp on your tire that doesn't allow it to move. And the only way to get out of it is to pay a fine that is escalating every single day that you let it sit there. And so these boot girls, they got booted one uh, when they were uh, first starting out and they decided we're going to do something about this. And now they have the keys and they just drive around and take orders. And so if you're, they're right next to where you are. They're going to drive up to your car. Within 30 seconds, they get the boot off. They take their money. And they, they bounce. And the city loves them. The police love them. The politicians love them. The citizens love them. The boot companies, however, do not. So basically, it's privatized booting. So if I own an apartment complex, I can call this company and they'll just start booting cars. Yes. So, so how is that, how is that legal? I couldn't get my head wrapped around that. I think it's legal gray area. Cause they, the, the way that they get out of it is if they don't ruin the boot that they are technically doing it legally, but their lawyer said if the boot, if they don't mess with the way the boot is functioning, that they're it's legal, but they are messing with the way the boot is functioning. So somehow they're there's a little loophole or gray area, or maybe there's just a lack of will to enforce it because everyone hates the boot. And the fact that it's privatized is disgusting. It definitely does not. I don't think it makes anyone happy when they walk outside and see a car booted. And I know that um, in the city of Atlanta alone in the last year, over 100,000 people have been booted. But but you would rather be booted than towed. That's the alternative. So I think in some ways, maybe it is the lesser of two evils. Um, And then these girls know a guy who can make the keys to the boots yeah their manager christian is a key part of their operation so he does the 3d printing and he works he's worked with ex-employees of the boot company to figure out the formula for the key because now it's like a technology battle where the boot company's adapting they're they're making their locks more complicated and then the boot girls and christian have to catch up and come up with their technology and they're end to defeat it it's Um, an arms race of booting yeah, it is. How often did you ever go anywhere where someone didn't want to pay them? No, everyone paid. And did you ever go anywhere where they didn't have the right key? Mm-mm. They got every single boot that they tried. And very quickly, too. I, it was, I was amazed at how quick all this happened. Yeah, th- that whole thing is fascinating. There is something she said at the very end. <clears throat> and she said... uh she looked at the camera and she goes, I hate the boot companies. I just want to say, I hate you guys. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I, it, it took me on pretty a wild journey. I didn't like the girls. Then I did like the girls. And then when she said that line, I didn't like the girls yet. Actually, I don't know if I didn't like them is the right word, but I thought, oh shit, these chicks don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, she they don't need the boot companies to be the boot girls, them. right? Yeah. Hey, dude, I used to sell, I used to go visit um, uh, grow houses, marijuana grow houses. 
and then I would film them and I would burn the DVD, burn DVDs and sell them on eBay and on Craigslist. So like, and I would put a sticker on them and sell them. They were called Seymour Buds and I had all these different volumes. So if you wanted to see grow houses, well, the second fucking DVDs went out of style, I was out of business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, I was just like overnight I was done. The, the second they get rid of boots, those girls are done. Like their whole business, they're very niche. Yeah. It's uh, you can't have Batman without the Joker sometimes, and they they need to realize yeah. that they need the Joker. Did, 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 but they don't seem to realize that, right? I mean, they're like they are like really in bed with these guys, like really in bed. They are so. Um, it would be like if they took out all the roads, all our cars would be fucked. It's like they they have a jihad, and they're on their mission, and without the. You, it's, that's why the, the world is always balanced out because you need the yin and the yang. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a, what a crazy um, niche. And then that guy sells the keys. He'll, he'll mail them to you. You want your key? I think it's like 50 bucks. He'll send him one. You, he'll send you one in the mail. Isn't he, aren't those girls concerned that it would take it, it, it would take them out of business if like there were like competitors, boot competitors? Um, I feel like there's enough meat on the table that, <laughs> a lot of people can eat and they're kind of firmly established as the boot girls. I don't think anyone's going to really take their shine anytime soon. Hey, if, if it's 50 bucks a pop and there's a hundred thousand uh, boots, it's a, it's a, it's a 5 million. I mean, theoretically it's a $5 million a year business. Not a bad business to get into it. Eh? No, dang. Are there any other cities like that? I think Atlanta is one of the worst, but I, I don't know. I'm not a, I don't know if what's, what happens in the Bay area or wh- where you are. How, how did you, I've, I don't, I haven't seen boots in 20 years. I used to see boots and now I don't see them anymore. And the boots that I used to see were massive. They weren't like those ones that those ladies are, are messing with. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you find someone like that? Them specifically. So uh, let's say I'm, so let's take it Atlanta. If I know I have two or three stories I'm covering there, me and my guy Keegan will research all the other stuff that's going on in that area and we'll stumble upon different things. So I had my eyes on the boot girls for a long time and they would not answer my DMs for months. And then finally, right before you're about to leave for Atlanta, they were, they were down to do it. So we connected the dots. Yeah. that And then they have a show coming out on Hulu. Yeah, they have Hulu. They just had a they, Vice. Actually, I'm glad we beat Vice to the punch. But Vice was there filming about a week after we were. Wow, they didn't seem um, like tired of media or like overexposed. Like when you were working with them, they still had some of their innocentness and naiveness. They they were they were charming characters. Yeah, um, they were very just sweet, fun girls. Like they were just in the car so much of the time, they were just like giggling as they're driving around. Uh, very cool characters but i think they know that they don't want to spend the rest of their life driving around taking off boots so i think they want they're going to come out with a mixtape they're going to rap i think they want to open up for for cardi b or megan the stallion like i think they they see going more into the entertainment sector is what they want to do they're going to be rappers i think so i want to show you this um clip this one's the 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 slaughter gang Atlanta is so good. The boot one was so good too. I- incredible. Uh 
Oh, two things. Uh, 1445. Let me let me play this first. So I didn't know what no cap was recently. Oh my and my audience was making fun of me saying I was old. But how how happy do you think I was when I saw that uh, Harold didn't know what no cap was either? Yeah, he I feel like he should know. No, I don't know, dude. I think no cap might be dorky white white boy shit. It's become dorky white boy shit. But it started off in the streets. Okay, okay, here, here we go. I love this part. Here we go. Five oh, we got him. No, busting me. Busting respectfully. Huh? It's busting respectfully. You know, like busting, like it's like this shit good as hell. It's busting no cap. Some people might say, but <laughs> what the hell busting no cap mean? Yeah, like, there I'm it not- is. There it is. What is no? What does no cap? Your kids don't say that. Maybe they're a little younger than. And my kids don't go to school. They don't know anything. That my okay. I, my kids still watch the A Team on DVD in the minivan. Damn that that we were. I was just talking about this the other day. Where the era, like late nineties, early two thousands, like if your parents made it, you had a DVD set up in the back of the car, and now that's gone back out of style as the iPads have taken over. Yeah, we got a DVD player and the A team and the six million dollar man playing on DVD. Old, old shit. What does no cap mean? It means for real, like seriously. They're not lying. They're not capping. Oh, oh they're not lying. When I was a kid, um, we would do the capping meant like you're putting someone down. Like, hey, dude, you guys want to grab some forties and just cap on each other? And then like five of us would or ten of us would go to someone's house and drink forties and then just rip on each other. Just talk funny shit to each other. Create, yeah, crazy, nasty shit. Just make fun of, just make fun of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, now here's this part. Uh, this part's uh, great. This is this has kind of become a theme in a lot of your videos, and and I and I'm tripping on it. I want to get your take on it. Okay, here we go. This is from Slaughter Gang, Atlanta's most notorious rap crew, uh, Tommy G. This is published. Um, this is new. I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Seven days ago. Seven days ago. Okay, here we go. Wait, uh, let's go back. Who? How'd you get that shot? Someone got a drone. Yeah, we 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 got a drone. What's in Atlanta lingo? Tween. Like I'm telling you, like I'm telling you what's going on, like Tween. Like I'm telling you, this is busting. Bust. No cap, though. Do you feel like America's going in a good direction right now? Are Biden in office? And no. Do you want Trump back in office? Yeah. When was the last time? What is going? Do, 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 do uh, black people just don't like Biden? Every well, single person you ask is like, "Fuck Biden," but the mainstream media is like, tr- tries to paint it the other way. Well, here's where I think it is. I think when you talk anyone that's in the streets, I, I whether it's the Latin Kings, uh, whatever color, every single one of them is like Trump. But I think it's the college educated people um, that come from those neighborhoods that like Biden. So, but everyone that just a gangster in the streets, not one of them has been pro Biden because they, they, they think Trump is a gangster too. They're like, man, that dude didn't pay his taxes. He does whatever he wants. He does, he gets with supermodels. So they almost view him as like a gangster rapper type character. Um, that's not the answer I wanted. Uh, he, here, here's what I take from it I think they like him because he's straight up. Well, that too. He shoots. He shoots it straight. He doesn't speak like a politician. He speaks in a way that the common man can understand. And it doesn't, you know, he doesn't run circles around you with his answer like most politicians do. And and those guys, what do you think about the the hypothesis that those guys are on the streets and they're seeing where the, the ill effects of the Biden administration? 
I don't know if it's that deep for them. I, I really don't think it is. I mean, I think I think they view a strong leader. They want him, and they view Biden as a, a weak, a weak ass honky. And they're like, get somebody else in there. So, I, but I don't think it's like I don't think they're like sitting in their house smoking a blunt, being like, you know what policy has really affected our life? There's when Biden instituted, for, you know, I don't think it. I don't think it goes that deep. Um. When you say that, do you know that they're going to say Trump when you ask them? I, it's surprising to me because I've been programmed as well to think that none of these guys are probably going to be fans of Trump. But over and over and over, Trump is the guy. When we talk about politics in the streets, it's Trump. Yeah, it's wild. Do, um, do you do you have do you have a, a, a political slant? Well, I've always voted independent. I've never voted right or left my entire life. Um, right now, I'm really, really intrigued by RFK. I'm intrigued by Vivek, by Vake. And um, if it came down between Trump or Biden, I had a gun to my head, I would choose Trump. But I think he has some, I don't know, dude, he, he has some interviews where I really like what he says, but I also think he has some character flaws that I don't know. We need a uniter. We, we need, the thing that Trump does really well is we need pride back in America. We need a little bit of nationalism. We need to think that we have a place here in the world and that being an American is okay because the very progressive stance is, oh, the West is terrible. America is the source of everything bad. And we just want to erase the history of everything that we've done well, which we've done a lot of remarkable things in this country. And Trump wants to bring it back, like American-made, American pride. And I think that's important. But where I think Trump fails is he does not unite he punches down if if um something comes out where he had the opportunity to kind of go across the gap and shake hands with the democrats he'd rather just make a mean tweet about them and we don't need that right now we need a guy who's going to unite everybody because there's liberals bring things to the table too that uh, are important like again it's a balancing act it's a yin and yang and has some of it gotten out of control on the woke side of course but we can't alienate whether you're right or left. You can't alienate half the country and expect things to go well. Yeah. Well said. I like that. Well said. Uh, um, uh, I like Vivek too. You, do you trust him? Uh, Ramaswamy? A lot of people are like, they don't trust him, but I feel like he, uh, all the things that people have questioned that he's answered to. He's smooth and he's very, like, he's so sharp on his feet. He's brilliant. He's articulate. I like the, the determination and the, the, like just the American pride he brings, but he also is a, strikes me as a little bit of a maniac. Like he said some like war quotes for like, there's going to be bloodshed in the streets or stuff. I don't know. A guy that never has fought a war. Like you can tell, you can just look at him. Like he may have played tennis, but he hasn't punched anybody. He hasn't fought anybody. Mm. I, I think you should be careful talking about young men going to war for you. And um, so he strikes me as a little bit of a megalomaniac too, where, he gets a little bit too high on his own supply and that, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what his humility level is. And I think you need a little bit of that too. There was this thing that he said where men go through service phases and then they go for self-serving phases. Yeah. And, and I really liked that explanation. And he said, and so you can't blame a politician like Biden who once, when someone's in office for 40 years, we're going to experience some of their self-serving phases and that's where the corruption comes in. And so that's why he likes term limits. Because we can't have people in the self-serving phase while they're in office. I think that's the thing that goes under-noticed under about Trump is that he's old and that he's probably in the serving phase. Even though we see him as this arrogant megalomaniac, 
I, I think it feels like he's in a serving phase. Well, he's an amazing marketer and with marketing comes self-promotion and it's hard not to cross your line sometimes. But I mean, it does seem like he left a life of comfort and inherited a life of attack and ridicule and like he's going through a lot of uncomfortable things right now. So I could, I could definitely see that. And as far as this American experiment goes where we are right now, I could cast my, my die with, um, Vivek. Like, I think I want someone that is actually happy and proud to be an American. That's probably. I was raised not to be a proud American. I was raised to hate this country. Why? Deeply. It's the way you're raised as a Democrat in California. You're raised to uh, not like the American flag. You're raised to think that um, all anyone who's in the South is racist. You're raised uh, just all when when really when reality, it's it's the entire West Coast is the most racist place you could ever be. All the the people that call themselves anti-racist are the biggest racist. I know. It's crazy. But so 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 it's interesting you say that. I know I want to live even though I think. um I want to live somewhere where people are proud too, where they're like, Hey man, this is a great experiment. I want to be a part of it. I want people to be proud of this country too. I I totally do. Here's where it is. It's because I think a lot of people, like there are hard things that are proud of. There are things that are hard to be proud of right now. Like we, how is it, how can we be proud of a, a government that seems like all they do is insider trade and get us into wars and lie to us. And so I think when we bring transparency into our government, which might be impossible, when you look at, people with power across any country of any time in history, like still our government is doing pretty well. Like it's not Soviet Russia where it's, there's a lot of examples of much worse government, but could we do a lot better? Uh, Yes. And I think we do need that. Well, one thing that the progressives are trying to do that's really cancerous is they're trying to convince us that it's wrong to be proud to be American. And it's wrong to, to think that we've done anything right in history. And, uh, I just disagree. I think that's a bad way to go about it. So do I. Uh, um, Jan Clark, were the card scammer guys legit? W- which episode was the card scammers? I don't know if I saw Punch it. Made Dev. What is it? Here's what I'll say about Punch Made Dev. Because um, Medium, I'm not that good with computers. So like the stuff he's doing, I don't know what's legit and what's smoke and mirrors. Like how much of a, uh actor he is. But what I would say about Punch Made Dev is I would look at him the same way I look at little Mabu. If you guys are familiar with him as a rapper, is I think it's a character rapper. I think he's been around the scamming world enough to know what he's talking about. And I'm sure he's done some of it, but I also think he's not dumb enough to send himself to prison on camera. So that's what I would say about Punch Me Dev. What which one is it? Where I don't Punch see- Me Dev is a wild episode. If you talk if you type in uh the, the most famous scammer on the internet, uh he'll pop up. That was a wild, wild episode. For about 24 hours, it was the most reacted to video on YouTube. This this kid is something else. T- tell me what to t- is it is it punch me, Dev Tommy G. If you type that in on YouTube. Punch me. What's the word you're saying? Punch made dev. Oh. He's doing credit card scams, wire fraud, uh, like all these different things. And it's just like, holy shit, this guy is a maniac. And and do you see him on the uh do you oh he's his face is covered? Let's see. Oh shit! This and this one has six million views. Yeah. Okay, and this one's from four months ago. I didn't see this one. Oh, I can't wait to see this one, dude. One hundred and forty-five thousand likes. 
12,000 comments. This kid is controversial. Hey, so you can't even read your, all your comments anymore. No, and I, I mean, I try and have a pulse on uh, how things are going. I do try and look at it, but yeah, you can't keep track of everything. At 12,000, you'd, you'd still be reading them. Yeah, probably. Have, have you ever done a follow-up piece on someone, Tommy? We just did actually, not not on purpose, but um, we we went back to the zone in Phoenix, which was one of the largest homeless camps in the country, and we were interviewing people because I was interviewing the fentanyl dealers, and then I wanted to interview the people on the street affected by fentanyl or addicted to fentanyl. And I bumped into people that he had invited me into his tent, and he had walked me around the the area. He's still out there, and so um, Rick is his name. So I interviewed him again and, and caught up with him, and. Um, it's nice to do repeat pieces, but also I want to make sure that I give people a unique video every single time. I don't want to make it a like rappers will be like, come back. Like I'll do a video on them. They'll be like, come back and we'll do it again. It's like, well, what are we going to cover new this time? That's going to make it worthwhile. Are you going to rob a bank or what? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is now I'm starting like the level of criminal I'm starting to meet, dude, is absurd. I met kids that have robbed, uh, where uh weed grow houses they've done five hundred thousand dollar heists they have the the videos to prove it i just met a kid that robbed a scammer took his car zip tied the guy's hands behind his back put him in the passenger seat of his own car and had a snapchat video of him talking to this guy like you better sit still or i'm gonna blam your ass as he's driving this guy's car around and so like when you meet a guy and he, and he tells you he did that, it's like, it's a little unsettling. It's like, holy shit, this guy is insane. Yeah, You could go away for a long time for kidnapping, I think. He is going to go away because he robbed a postman and got caught for it. So he's he has an ankle monitor on and he's doing federal time. He, wait, he, robed, he robbed a postal worker, but he's out. Of, he's not in jail. California, man. <laughs> and he also... Robbed a guy and caused great bodily harm. So he has two strikes pending right now, but he's currently out and about doing this thing. See, like, my kid's jujitsu teacher, uh, right at the beginning of this, the, the so called pandemic, was uh, held at, at knife point at an ATM. And he, he, uh, the dude decided not to rob the jujitsu instructor. And then halfway through the robbery, left. Jujitsu instructor would have killed him. But um, the guy got uh, the cops found him, arrested him, and he was out on bail 24 hours later. A knife, a knife at an ATM. It's unbelievable, dude. He admitted, dude. To, it. He admitted to it. Well, also, it seemed like the the vigil or the guys uh, protecting themselves from the criminals are getting more in trouble. You see that guy in California. Two guys are trying to rob his house. He quick draws his pistol. Yeah, yeah. And the cops take his gun license away for defending his house from armed robbers. Man, hey, the, the fentanyl issue is real too, huh? It's like real, real. Everywhere it seems like I'm every show you could ask. It seems like I bet you like every single person you ever hang out with in the 52 weeks knows someone who died of fentanyl. Yeah, it's taking over the game. It's there's not heroin is not being asked for anymore on the streets. Fentanyl is I don't I wouldn't say becoming a monopoly, but it is the most dominant drug in the market right now. The um the one you did with the the guys in um in Tennessee, mm -hmm. they were just riddling off people that they knew were either addicted or died of fentanyl. Every city that is its fentanyl is hit, 
it's uh it's impact undeniable because it just it just completely changes people it makes people want to go from a normal person to comfortable with living in a living on a box on the side of the road with poop all around them just so they can chase the fentanyl hit are you and all your guys sober largely i i smoke like probably twice a week i take a couple puffs and i either edit or go to jujitsu but my my uh my crew is sober yeah why why do you guys uh that jujitsu scene has a, a weed you know the guys walk in and they smell like weed why why jujitsu and weed i like, think it started off as kind of like the warrior hippie sport mm. and then so it's just part of the culture does it mean you think it makes you roll better to me the i don't know i i think to me it's like a cup of coffee if i'm tired and it's like 5 p.m i'm not going to drink more coffee i'll just take a puff and i'll feel a little bit of a second wind do you know that jiu-jitsu team um uh the b team in austin yeah nikki rodriguez and uh craig jones yeah would you ever do a piece on them like if they if they were like yeah tommy come hang with us i mean craig's wild yeah i'm in contact with nikki and um, i would love to do a piece on them one day yeah i, I would like to, it's exciting enough you think there's enough meat on the bone there yeah i'm trying to think of how i would structure it i don't know if I would call them, if maybe if I could also talk to them and John Donaher, the, that side, and talk to the two best jujitsu teams, or I don't know if I want to stoke the flames of jujitsu beef, but I think there's definitely something there. Yeah. And, and Craig's amazing. Craig's, their, their Instagram, Craig's Instagram is wild. It is. He's living life on his own drum beat, that's for sure. Yeah. It's good. I can't get enough of it. What about um, uh, James O'Keefe? I like him. I think. Well, one, he's just doing some really cool journalistic work um, and he's encouraging people to not back down. And he's he's very brave. I would say sometimes he's a little bit um, like he'll get a low level employee from a company and just grill them and act like they're in on the conspiracy. Like he'll get a low level BlackRock guy and then try and cook them as if he's the CEO calling all the shots. And it's a little bit of a reach to me. Right, right, right. But I think overall what he's doing is he's a great guy to have out there. What about um? Uh, what do you think about the what happened in Hawaii? The the burn down. Yeah. Do you dabble in 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 um? I, I don't want to call them conspiracy theories. Do you dabble in theories of uh like um laser testing and shit like that? That you know that the 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 thought is is that there's a lot of shit on Instagram where there were lasers and they were used to burn that so that the real estate could be taken over. Like, do you dabble in any of that or? I don't know. So I've I've heard some of those. I've gone down the rabbit hole a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised either way. If it was just a simple explanation of an accidental fire, I wouldn't be surprised. And if it was a concerted effort to move people out of their land so the rich can buy it up, I wouldn't be surprised either. I don't know, dude. I think uh, we're in an era of smoke and mirrors and misinformation where it's really hard to know what's going on. Hey, um, could I propose a piece to you? I'm sure you get pieces proposed all the time. Mm -hmm. You're getting your pencil ready? Mm -hmm. That's how you reach over for something. Um, what about since the election's coming up, find out some people who are doing election fraud and get embedded with them. Wouldn't that be fucking amazing? If they will do it on camera, I'll, I'll, I'll go there. God. Is that, that is the requisite that you have to, there has to be some filming. Yeah. I mean, my big thing is this, I know how to edit and how to protect people. And like, I saw one of the comments earlier, I think it was from Renee was asking me if I'll ever have to go to trial, mm. uh, like on some I have journalistic privilege. I have a lawyer that has informed me that, of this. And so I can really do whatever I want. And 
uh, and not have to be called to the stand about it, which is a, a great relief. And, but the, the other thing is like, people might get mad. Like, why are you disguising this guy's voice? Why are you masking him up? He's a fentanyl dealer. He's a robber. Why are you doing that? Well, if they're going to give us the inside scoop into how they think and how they act and show us what they do on camera, it's my duty to protect them because it's the, the, the alternative is either I protect them and I get to see what they're doing or they're never going to show it. And we're just going to continue to be the underworld. So um, I take it seriously, making sure these guys are safe. If they're going to get in prison, it's not going to be because of me. It's going to be because of their own, what they do. Yeah, that, that would be, that's pretty cool. That would be crazy to see someone, um, to see one of those moles actually working who goes around to all the different mailboxes and this stuff. And you know what I mean? They collect all the ballots. That would be fascinating to see that on election night. Mm -hmm. Is is there a piece of yours that's been picked up by mainstream uh, media? Largely, the Kia voice is the is the main. Oh, one. right. Maybe that's the piece that actually introduced me to you. That's the most. That's the most common piece that if someone sees me on the street, oh, you're the guy from the Kia boys. Interesting. And more and more people are noticing you. I'm seeing it in your videos. Like people are like, uh, you're the, um, I know you. Especially in like the tougher parts of America, dude. Like that's, that's my audience. I don't know if I, maybe I just don't spend enough times in like ritzy circles, but, um, like every hood in America, dude, the brand is strong. Yeah. That's awesome. That, that must feel good. And you got that tagline now on building the biggest gang in America. Yeah. I want to go back to something that I said to you in the beginning of the show about being able to carry your own hmm. and handle your own. And we're going to go to the 11 minute mark of uh, when you're hanging with these guys in Nashville and you're just, you're hanging out. These guys seem cool. This is Shaka. The, Shaka the hustle, man. Yeah. He's kind of a country redneck gangster mix. Yeah. The, these guys were cool. Here, I'm guessing you're totally relaxed, except mm -hmm. for the fact that everyone's drunk, right? These guys are chill. They're drinking, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And and, and I want to sh show uh, people at home this this scene here. Here we go. What's that tattoo on your knuckles, man? Right, this R-H-E-C. Raise hell and eat cornbread, dude. I got the state of Tennessee. I got this shit done in a kitchen, bro. Fuck yeah. This was done in the kitchen. This shit was done in a fucking trailer run by a generator. The stereotypes from outside of this state ain't right. People take up for each other no matter what skin color, no matter where you're from. What do you think the stereotypes are? People act like a lot of mountaintop hick people and stuff in our area are incest, drug addicted, racist. Yeah, racist. I got a, a kid with a black girl. He said, I got a kid with a black girl. <laughs> yeah, my mom's black, dude. Hey, that kid said my mom's black. I don't know if I believe that, but we'll go for it. <laughs> Look at him, I mean. There ain't nothing to it. Skin color ain't nothing different than your hair color, bro. Genetics is genetics. We're all human beings. There's shitty human beings and good human beings in every race, hair color, state. No matter what it is, bro, trying to split this nation up. When the people come together and unify, that's when the government gets scared of us, dude. Look at 1776. Woohoo! Yeah. That was one of the best quotes from the entire episode. That When he went on that little speech, I was just like, hell yeah, brother. That's, that's it right there. Um, uh, the, these were cool dudes. Yeah, this this was a cool episode. 
um, some of the episodes I'm kind of like a, a little white knuckled when I'm watching. This mm-hmm. one I wasn't. I was I was chill. I was I was. It, it was more like it was more like just meeting a lot of interesting characters. Hold on, I'm I'm trying to find the uh uh that's not the spot that I was looking for. Let me oh, fill out the water jug real quick. Okay. Where was the spot? Um, fuck, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't have it uh, time coded. But there's a spot here. <laughs> it's time to go to sleep. We'll see you in the some ear. Tommy, there was a spot here where some guy's shooting you with some sort of like Nerf gun. You remember that part? Maybe he doesn't remember that part. So what podcast first. Someone goes and gets a drink of water. Oh, here. Oh, here it is. Okay. Name is missing some new flavor. Oh, I can. That's. I didn't hear the gun yesterday. Hey, so so this is the spot I was trying to play. There's a guy when here. people think a rapper. Their head. There's a guy here doing something to you. I can't tell exactly. You're shooting at you without the first image is a stereotype. Do you think you can change that? And do you think the game is missing? So right there, that automatic fire. Those are just bouncing off your back right now. A couple of them are hitting me. New flavor. Rap is so broad. Anybody you can talk can rap. You, there's a stereotype around us. I, I, I got you on the next one. One more. That we're a bunch yeah. of. There's a stereotype. Now, are you are you really irritated with them? I'm just not gonna let myself keep getting shot by airsoft guns. So I just, you know, hey, you got me once, cool. But if you keep getting me, I'll get you. Around us, yeah, we're a bunch of dumb hillbillies. But anybody Look can come this. up here tonight and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> You let him go and he like you let him know, hey, I got you, and then you let him go and he's like and then he kept going. I was like, <laughs> 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 okay. Hip toss. And just be on belly. And I tried to have your, he was pissed. I think he was pissed a lot of times up here. He was pissed. He, like you see it like the next little segment that you play, like he's in the background and his friend puts his arm. What times do people have guns in their house? There's a gun above every door in my house. Is that the most confrontation you've ever had in all the years of doing this? Uh, there was one guy that was beating his dog that I confronted and got really mad at, and uh, that was probably the biggest confrontation. Did you put your hands on that dude? No, I. I... I don't want to go to someone's neighborhood and punch somebody. No, but of course not. I can't even believe you did that to the guy, to be honest. I felt like I was left with little options. Like, he just, how long was I going to let a guy keep shooting the airsoft gun at me? You know? Right. And, 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 and at some point, you're like, hey, dude, do you want attention or what? We'll get you some film time. I'll toss yeah. you up. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I want to see him in the back. I want to see him in the background here pissed off. I, I didn't even, I didn't notice that. But when I saw that, I was like, Oh, that doesn't look like it'd be easier to talk about the percent of people that ain't oh, got a gun. Pat him on the shoulder and then just put his arm around him. Oh shit. So he's butt hurt. I hey, mean you got him in a rear naked choke and then let him go right away. I feel like okay, if someone's in town that you don't know and there's some YouTube kid and they they're filming them, like you're on camera getting like choked or something, like no one likes, no one's gonna enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 that, that part was wild for me. Me, I, I wonder if it's more wild for me because I know you and I'm like, oh God, I hope nothing weird happens. This is getting, this is getting squirrely. Yeah. I always try and stay away from 
conflict like that. But I think when you mix alcohol in a situation, sometimes you just have to. Was Shaka cool with it? Did he say anything to you about it? Was yeah, he, like, he just laughed about it. And um, it's like, oh, yeah, he's a little drunk. What was your trip like um, to San Francisco? I, I know. And is there a video coming out with about that trip? Yeah, we have. Uh, we got to go into the black market there and see all the stolen goods. So we, we're doing a whole piece on all the, the theft in San Francisco, and then we're doing a whole piece on the open air drug market there. That is a wild place, dude. And we went there during APEC, which is when Xi Jinping came to town and it got cleaned up. It, it was so I, I got to see San Francisco in probably the more light form than it actually is. And they spent a lot of time scrubbing the scrubbing the streets and cleaning up. So I didn't even get the full picture of what it is. But even then, walking around, oh, we, in like a 15-minute segment, I remember bumping into eight pieces of human shit. Like just, oh, that's another human shit. That's another human shit. And people are just openly on the street doing fentanyl. And the thing about it is the nonprofits there, you walk in, you get a kit. You get the tinfoil. You get a fentanyl pipe. You, I think you even get a lighter. Um, everything but the fentanyl. From the government. From taxpayer Nonprofit money, people are getting people are getting uh, fentanyl. And yes, uh, Channel 5 did an excellent piece. There's a guy, Andrew Callahan, that did San Francisco Streets uh, that covers a lot of those themes. He put it out seven days ago. It's like at 4 million views. The guy's just uh, crushing it. And um, San Francisco is one of those places you walk into and you're like, I can't even believe this is real. It feels like a video game. It feels like a dystopian movie that I'm watching and there's just a high level of mental illness and human despair and bad policies that have come to life and have kind of wrapped the city in a chokehold. When, when did you hear about um, Elon saying that the reason why he bought Twitter was because they were projecting the mind virus from Twitter headquarters? Did you hear all that? Like what all the uh, infiltrating FBI and CIA and telling them what we should and shouldn't publish or what? No, not that. But basically uh, it was projecting the victim mentality that the way I interpret it is he's saying they're projecting the victim mentality. So, so let me give you an example. I'll leave the borders open. If you don't, you hate Mexicans. Like, like that's the, like that's in a nutshell. That's what the left was saying, right? Leave yeah. the borders open. If you don't, that means you hate Mexicans. It's like, what the fuck? Like, it's just, it's not even, but a chunk of the population believes that kind of talk or, and so they leave the borders open. And then, so the fentanyl comes into the cities. I'm oversimplifying. I know. And what Elon believes is that basically if I'm interpret what he said, he said that Twitter was yelling the woke agenda like it like they're basically saying that anytime a white guy crosses the street he's avoiding a black guy like those are the things they want you to believe right and um and that san francisco is the manifestation of the woke agenda the mind virus is there it's basically being codependence towards weak people instead of helping weak people so your baby falls down instead of being like uh, waiting for your baby to stand up, you walk over and you pick it up. And it's happened so many you're, times. Here's the question, though, because what do we do with a thousand people on the street? Because the one thing I'll say about the red, red cities and red states is because the policies are so good in the blue areas that the homeless people will leave. Or I know that there's um, there's a conspiracy that red governors will send they'll put a one way a homeless person on a one way ticket to Hawaii and let them live there. And so there's a huge homeless population yeah, in Hawaii yeah, right now. Yeah. I don't what think do you do with a thousand people? I think it's a fact. Yeah. Huh? 
I don't think that's a conspiracy. I think yeah. that's a fact. Yeah. So what do you do with a thousand people on the street? What would you, what would you if I was a drug addict? If I was a fentanyl, I don't think that there's any drug addict. Anything I've ever been addicted to, I wish I wasn't addicted to. Mm-hmm. Anything, uh, but I haven't had any crazy addictions. Uh, weed, um, uh, nicotine, caffeine, not even alcohol. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, good stuff right here, yeah. boy. But if I if if Mike if I was addicted to heroin and I was on the streets, I would want to be arrested. If Mike so that I in every time I was arrested, I'd want to spend another month in jail, another month in jail to give me an opportunity to break the cycle. And I would also want it, my kids to be arrested. And I would also want my mom to be arrested because I want would want them taken off the streets so they get a chance to break the cycle. Yeah, I think as, a lot of those people and, have options for resources and they like there's housing available for for you they're they're willing to give homeless people section eight but i think the power of the drug is so strong that they'd rather stay on the street and i don't know what you do with these people they prioritize stealing so the job of addicts is stealing right and and the and and the only reason why they're homeless is a misnomer they call them homeless but really it's people who've uh decided to put drugs ahead of shelter that's all it is Yeah. yeah Homelessness is just a fucking th- – that's another thing. It's a mischaracterization of what's going on. I just wonder what, what homelessness has looked like throughout human history. Like, Because I think there's always going to be an element of the population that's addicted to something. There's always going to be people that are down on their luck or down and out. And like, what is the best way to work with it? And the more, I guess, left-leaning countries like Portugal, they've had some solutions where you come into a clinic, you get your heroin administered by a nurse – you ha- are you on a program, you go to a therapist. I would be interested to see the statistics on like what place in the world is handled the best. In the meantime, since I have kids and I pay crazy taxes like you do, crazy I'd, like to, I'd like to see a big bulldozer come and scoop them up and put them in the back of a truck and take them into to Nevada, fence in the borders of Nevada and keep them there until we have a – so that there's no chance of my kid stepping on a needle. Yeah, I guess it's interesting. Like, oh, come on is, with there, is there a right to poop and do drugs on the street, Trump? Your right to no, feel no. safe and comfortable? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Here's the, the, the other thing about it. It's easy, it's easy to talk in theory and make these policies when it doesn't when they don't live where you are. But if you walk out of your apartment complex and every single day you just see that, uh, I think all of our lawmakers should live next to it. And then maybe we'll have a better read on the situation. Dude, um, uh, I, I did a stint when I was homeless. I did a stint homeless many years and the, the, the vast majority of the homeless people were just basically alcoholics. That was like the, the in, in pills, Valium and shit like that. This is, you know, 20 or 30 years ago. And then basically what ended up happening is I started working and I had kids and I started giving a shit. I didn't want to be eating at a Starbucks in Berkeley and look out the window or drinking my latte at Starbucks and look out the window. And a guy has his pants down and taking diarrhea on the sidewalk that I paid for. Yeah. My perspective changed. I agree, dude. I agree. <laughs> you did. You, I can't wait to see you walking down the street with your kid. You're a good dude, Tommy. Um, uh, what's the, is there any piece, um, that you're just really excited to get uh, out to do in the next year and get, and get your boots on the ground. I'm excited from the, from the fentanyl and the prostitution and the black market. I'm excited to get those pieces out that we just filmed, but 
I think every trip there's something that I'm really excited about. And I want to move into more character pieces. I want to start covering people too that have a very positive life. Because a lot of what I cover is a little on the darker side. So I want to, you know, I want to talk to Dolly Parton and follow her around for a day. Someone that's a philanthropist and a pillar of their community and Mattress Mac out in Houston who is helping the help people during the hurricane. So I do want to do more profile pieces on people that are really doing things the right way. But as well, I want to continue to dive deeper into the underworld. And Okay. Let me ask you this. that, that uh, There was a piece you did. I can't remember. I watched it about a month ago. And I think it was a gambling piece, but I can't remember. But anyway, you end up in this community garden. The home of Gary, Indiana. Yes. And you dedicate a significant portion of the show to that garden. Yeah. Was that hard to do? Were you and the editors like, oh, God, this is really cool? But fuck. I liked it. I'm glad we ended up there because it, 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 it put a nice bow on the story and it put a nice, like it left the viewer with a positive feeling. You spent a lot of time there with no guns and no crazy talk and no cleavage. I thought it was really important because I think I think there's a lot of guys in tough areas that they're so survival is so on their mind that it's very hard to see more than day to day. It's hard to see a month out, a year out, five years out. And when you see a really positive example of people doing the right thing, I think it starts to awaken the mind to what else is out there. What about would you do if, if Vivek or Trump were to reach out to you? A hundred percent. But I'm, you- trying to, I'm connecting the dots with RFK. We'll see when we can line that up. Trump, 100%. Vivek, 100%. I'm, that's the thing. My policy is I will go to talk to – if AOC wants me to talk to her, cool. I'll go talk to her. I don't care. Uh, I just want to – I want to be somewhat neutral. Like even though I might in my heart feel a certain way, I want to be the guy that can talk to anybody. And I don't want to box myself in. Because I think everyone has a point at the end of the day. Like I might not agree with their point, but they think they think what they're thinking for a reason. And I don't. I think that's important to acknowledge. Would you ever do a, a, a two part series on someone like that? Like, like hang if episode one does really well. Do an episode two. No, I'm just thinking. Like, what if you had to hang out with Trump for like? What if you got to hang out with him for like two weeks? Give me 24 hours with Trump, and I'm going to put out a, a piece that I'm very happy with. Yeah. You, do you always feel that way? Like you're like, wow, that was enough time. Yeah. Part of it is with the treadmill that we're on of, of putting content out. I can't take two weeks on a piece. I take, I can take a day. I can take three hours on a piece and maybe there'll come a time where I'll put out less pieces, but I'll spend more time on each piece. But to me, I think the other thing I'm thinking about is making the content longer. I think, starting to get between the 20 and 30 minute range every time. I think it's something I want to start doing because sometimes it just feels like it's over before you start when it's a 17 minute episode, 18 minute episode. It's crazy how captivating they are for how uh, little time you spend with them. It's, it, it's truly nuts. The la- I watched the last six you did in a row last night. It's not, it's nuts. Uh, Jeremy Eat world. Does Tommy like Wendy's? Uh Oh, Back in the day when I was wrestling in high school, Wendy's was our favorite spot to go after a tournament. We would go and eat Frosties and Baconators. But uh, now that I'm an older man, Wendy's is not a place I frequent. Uh, Tommy, he meant uh, Wendy's nuts uh, slap across your chin. Yeah, once a month I like that. 
uh, we're very we're a very juvenile crowd mm-hmm. does he like wendy's good stuff uh, jeremy I think the day is coming where someone's going to want to use you. And I don't say that in a negative way at all. I say that in a positive way mm-hmm. to, um, you know, like hang out with a quarterback in the NFL or hang out with a politician or, I mean, your reach is there now. You're the guy. And, it's, and, and there's an authenticity piece that's just nuts, which comes with it. And let me use a better word. Fuck authenticity. Uh, integrity. You have integrity. I think that's key to the brand, and I think that's what that's that's why I get all these contacts because they know that I'm gonna do the right thing and do good business with them. And um, I think being used will come along too, like record labels. I already see that, but re- there's I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, but it's amazing that they get anything done. Like I, I was with a manager the other day of a big rapper, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we got 20 guys working on the rollout of his album," and it's just like. Oh, so that means he's footing the bill for 20 people to do almost nothing. Maybe one guy's doing something, but record labels take forever. They're, uh, they, they were going to, they flew me out to an area and, um, like even to book the plane tickets, I was in an email thread with seven people and it took six weeks to, to book the plane ticket. I just like, how do you, <laughs> you guys, I don't like working with record labels that much. Dude, you're so nimble. You're so good. Hey, you know who else would be a good matchup with you is um who's the rapper with all the white rapper with all the tattoos on his face? Tom Tom McDonald. Yeah, do you know him? I don't know. I would be interested to hear a story on him. I don't because he's a one man band. I think I think he's probably crazy efficient. I think that's like a yeah, just like him and his girlfriend for the most part do all of it. Yeah, I suspect his work ethic is out of control. Yeah, I would love to do a piece uh, on uh the more independent political rappers. That'd be an interesting one. Uh, Jan Clark, uh, Tommy G, the next uh, Louis Thoreau. You know who that is? I appreciate that. I, I He's a BBC documentary guy. That's He's gone into some sketchy situations himself. And I think um, I'm the younger American kind of flavor of that. I, I saw that. I just saw one of his shows one time where he went into a jail in the South. It was fucked up. The thing is, back when he had the BBC connections, he can get into all these places. And there, back then, there wasn't so many HR departments with yellow tape. It's really hard to get into a prison right now. It's really hard to get into anything that's buttoned up. Uh, like for example, I was I was chasing a story on schizophrenia in, in uh, Milwaukee, and I was talking to a doctor that runs the programming for it in the area. Talked on the phone with him for forty minutes. He was super excited. Anything I can do to help? We're gonna make this happen. I just need to run it by the the city call text me the next day uh wish you the best i can't help you like like i i don't know the, the city is just a bunch of pussies and now you can't they're just scared of things being filmed and um i don't know man they don't want to be sued or ex- exposed they want control over the footage i kind of can't blame them in this era of just yeah i get it they don't know who i am or if i'm trying to do a hit piece on them because there are a lot of hit piece journalists and i think that's another thing that allows me to get access is i'm not a gotcha guy i'm not right. trying to put people in the hot seat and cook them. I'm just trying to figure out who they are. Any, um, any long-term we talked about in the beginning about how you're like, you're not, you're not interested in becoming a network. Is just this, is just the goal to continue a, a one, one piece, of, one piece a week. Oh, oh go, go ahead and answer that. And then I have a question about your DraftKings commercial. Yeah, I think so. I think 
the goal is to keep i just want to keep diving into pockets that you're like i can't believe he's in their room talking to these people like how did he get access in there and and then there's going to be like as this grows there's local projects i want to focus on i guess we'll get into this another time but i, I want to build a world-class wrestling culture in the hood of milwaukee i want to build a compound that has a kitchen and wrestling mats and classrooms and just be like a pillar of the community where kids can come and work hard and learn and um, but that's that's going to be down the road that'll be like a the daisy guys what are those guys names daisy daisy duke uh, no daisy, uh, uh, daisy fresh date like daisy fresh kind of yeah but like a non-profit wrestling school that kids can come to we have shuttle buses that that's actually i'm raising money right now for uh, Milwaukee youth wrestling. So I'm, uh, I put up 10 K and I got two other people to put up five K each and I'm going to eventually release it to the public where people can donate anywhere from a dollar to a million. And we're going to, I want to get a shuttle bus for coaches in Milwaukee that they can take kids to tournaments and practices and, and camps. And I want to get, uh, any team that has trouble. Hey, we need wrestling shoes. Good. I got you. Hey, we need, uh, uh, we want to pay for these kids to go to a camp. Cool. I got you. That's, that's where I really want to go with it. God, you're a good dude. Fuck. Wrestling changed my life. And I think the the biggest thing you can sometimes do is <clears throat> I had so many coaches that invested their time and energy into me while they had families and they, they spent so much time investing into me. And the least I can do is give a little, little bit of that back. You have a DraftKings commercial with these two girls. Yeah. Uh, what's the deal with that? So did DraftKings or your reach out to you? Do you have an agent? We so I'm with Night Media. That's basically Mr. Beast's uh media company, and they are in charge of the sponsorships. And so um they they contact you and they're like, Hey, DraftKings wants to sponsor your show, and you're like, Okay, and then and then I'm guessing you pitched that idea to them. Yeah, to me, where I try and go with my commercials, and I don't think I'll do that one was a little uh, let's say slutty. Um I want to keep the audience entertained. If they're going to have to sit down for a minute and watch my content, watch the commercial, I want to make it worth their time. So I try and think of ideas that catch their attention. And I think uh, some of the feedback I got from the last time I did that was um, we don't need to see OnlyFans models jumping around like cheerleaders. Some people liked it. Some people didn't. It was so obvious. Um, It was so obvious satire is uh, not the right word. It's like Red Bull saying it gives you wings and someone being like, that's a lie. It doesn't give you wings. And all of us being like. Yeah, you didn't get it, buddy. Yeah, that's the fucking point, dude. It, it's, it's fucking just crack. We know how it. I look at it like sports betting. I don't personally bet myself. I don't gamble at all. It's pretty obvious by the video you don't gamble. Yeah. If someone's already into it and they want to use my promo code to – like there's a ton of people I know that do sports gambling every single week of the football season. Or So if they want to already get into it and use my promo code to get some extra money, cool. But um, I don't know. Like how many podcasts or YouTube videos have you watched where they pitch a product? I haven't bought one product ever that Theo Vaughn or Joe Rogan or – Maybe one in my entire like life, but you know, I, I just expect that people are either going to fast forward through it or they're going to be entertained by it. And and if they're into it, they'll do it. But I don't think I'm. I hope no one's being encouraged to just all of a sudden throw their life savings into a, a sports betting app. Uh, all your, I love that commercial. 
I thought it was cool. I liked seeing your creativity. I thought it was funny seeing you okay. act. Okay. I fucking loved the girls. They were fucking so silly and over the top. Who yeah, doesn't love boobs and a redhead? And listen, Gracie's awesome. She's a fun character. If you don't like, if you if you thought that those were OnlyFans girls, at some point you have to be like, hey, do I hate women? Do I hate the female form? Like, what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm not. It, it was so benign. There are just young girls that are trying to uh, like. It was over the top. Yeah, I thought you it was fun. Into those girls, that kind of girl. And if you are, something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I do got about a five-minute window here. Uh, me and my wife, are, we're, we're getting a little investment property. We're closing at 11 o'clock. What number is this for you? Is that something I should say? Uh, we're, I think it's number five or six. God, you're such a good dude. YouTube could go away at any time, and I don't want to be stuck going back to a cubicle. So I'm building the real estate portfolio to, to that no matter where I go in life, if I want to dedicate my life to coaching wrestling for kids, that I don't need a salary. I can just go do it because I have money coming in from other places. Um, Tommy G. Um, uh, uh, is is it, so? It's a, is it a multifamily home? It's just, I'm going into single families now, and the what I'm tired of is getting duplexes or fourplexes because if one neighbor is dirty then the other neighbor is going to have mice or roaches or hey so-and-so is bumping their music at 3 a.m i'm just done with the conflict and also there's less turnover with single families so we're buying a single family for thirty-one thousand dollars. we're putting about twenty-five thousand dollars into it it's going to be so nice they're not like where it is and how it's going to look people don't believe it um i actually want to show you a picture of a house that we remodeled that outside of this house there's still a uh, memorial wrapped around a tree of someone that got shot in front of the house this summer but the inside of the house people walk in they're like i thought this was fake it's so nice it's so um beautiful let me show you this house we want to deliver high quality homes to the hood because it's severely lacking there's so many landlords that fucking suck dude in milwaukee here look how beautiful this house is um I don't know if you can see it, but that's I can see it craftsman style outside of it. Two people were killed earlier this year. Um, inside of it, there's a family a family of four or five that are loving their life. And so that's what we're going to do with this next one. Jeremy E. world. This is a good dude, by the way, this is a, this is a really good human being right here. He's got, he does so much good stuff for people in a father of kids he runs a men's group. Jeremy World, and, and he's a black guy. He's right up. I know you only hang out with black people. Oh, uh, yeah, brother. I used, I used to do strength and conditioning for a wrestling team at Bayview High School in Milwaukee. Basically had them doing CrossFit. I'd love to help any way I can, Tommy. Yeah, can I, I'm trying to comment, but I have to connect my YouTube. But I want to leave my email for anyone that wants to contact me. Want me to write it in the comments here? Yep, yep. Tommy G. McGee. Tommy G. M. C. G. E. E. Uh-huh. One, two, three at gmail.com. And before I hit send, Tommy T O M M Y G M C G E E one two three at gmail.com. Yes. Okay, one more one more thing. And then I, I you, you said in the show that your time is valuable. Hmm. You um you clearly don't need to do this podcast at all. Why why do this podcast? I like talking to you, man. I like having conversations that think about the world it's almost like the podcast has become the excuse to sit down and have a conversation with someone otherwise your life is too busy to actually do it 
a podcast is a place you just dedicate time to sitting down and this is, these are the conversations that I uh, really value and that I missed. Like when you were a kid on a camping trip, just talking in the bunks, like late into the night or at a sleepover, talking about the world, like podcasts have become that for adults in a way. And so I think it's important to make time and do that. And I like you. I, I like having, I have a good time when I'm on your show. Love you, dude. Okay. Sorry. I lied to you. One more thing. How great was it when the slaughterhouse guys had the rules, um, uh, leave the doors open, share the girls, but use condoms. I was like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. I don't know if they follow their own rules, to be honest. But... Really? You don't think those are – they were they were adamant about it. Well, they each have a few different kids, so I don't know. I mean, maybe they did it, maybe they didn't. All right. I'm a, I was a big condom guy. I'm a big condom guy. I wasn't. Oh, all right. Brother, you're welcome here anytime. I'll continue to bug you. Thank you for always – you're so quick to respond. Thanks for uh, uh, letting uh, us at the Sevon Podcast uh, get close, intimate view as you skyrocket um, behind all the crazy hard work you do. You're an amazing talent. Thanks for uh, contributing to planet Earth, man. I appreciate you, and I know I'll be on in the months to come. So I'll see you guys soon. Take care. Peace. Peace. Love you, brother. Tommy G. Let's get at it. I was overprepared. That's what I look like when I'm overprepared. I had so many things I wanted to talk to him about. I watched too many of his videos. I was fucking losing my shit. Um, let's, um, let's, let's just do some of this right now. We just got to do, uh, oh, oh, uh, hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's do this. You guys ready? You don't think he likes my hair? I think he, I think he, um, I think he liked my hair. You think that he was just busting my balls? Okay, here we go. I should probably start. I should probably start a live call-in show with this. This is, uh, this is truly an incredible talk he gives here. And I want to see if you guys, how many of you guys uh, want to try to get your head wrapped around this one. Here we go. This is uh, Ido Portal. Is that the guy's name? Ido Portal. I remember him being kind of like big uh, five or six years ago, and then I kind of haven't heard from him in a while. But this is this is an incredible talk he gives right here. This is this could uh, rattle some of your cages. Um, here we go. Real tools of teaching are parables, tall tales, riddles, lies, encryptions, secrets, difficulties, etc. What? He said, those are the tools of teaching. Parables, encryption, lies. These are the tools of teaching, he says. Riddles. And now he's going to say why these are the tools of teaching. Listen carefully. Why? Because this immediately places the listening side, the other side, in a place of openness to examine the relationships. Instead of just absorbing the story, you are now at work examining your relationship to the parable. We don't like these things anymore. Allegories, parables, we're still kind of okay with. Definitely, we don't like the word lies, even though we're living our lives through lies. It's the cement that holds everything together. Also, of course, we are living our life through lies, but it is the cement that holds it together. That is not a negative comment.
that guy just dropped one of the biggest bombs on what's actually going on in reality that I've ever heard. That's why it's so stupid in a way to judge people for lying. It's like, wait a second. All they did is not tell the lie. All they did was tell a lie that you're not comfortable with, but your entire fucking life is a lie. You're not even really Jeremy. You're not even really Sevon. You're not even really Heidi. Your entire fucking thing is a lie. If you believe that there's some of us who, who already know. And what's crazy is this is tied to that broken science piece too. This is the part that people have so much trouble understanding. I'm going to say it again. This is going to freak someone like Dan out. There's no such thing as gravity. Gravity is an explanation for a phenomenon, but it's a lie that we kind of are, that we accept. But some people blur that line and they start to think it's a reality. For some reason, they really do understand that red doesn't mean stop. And it's an agreed upon lie that we use so that we don't have car accidents. Oh, sorry, that red means stop. But Ido Portal is explaining it to you the same way you could use broken science to understand it. There isn't, there isn't, um, there isn't truth. There's just what has the greatest predictive value. This guy's saying exactly what fucking Greg is trying to share in BSI. Uh, I don't, I, you know, part of me wonders if even Greg knows how deep it goes. You don't have to accept the phenomenon. You don't even have to expect accept the phenomenon of gravity. You don't have to accept anything. Stand underneath a piano. See what happens. A falling piano. Riddles. People hate riddles because it makes them feel stupid, incapable. Yet all of these are missing for us in our way of teaching, transmitting stories, etc. The old stories don't make sense to us because we want them to make sense immediately without any conscious effort. And those were not the old stories. They are powerful encrypted crystals with information inside of them. And you have to decipher it. And lies are the essence of any transmission. Lies are the essence of any transmission. It's not negative at all. Don't take that as negative. It's just the best we can do with words. That's why it's so powerful to speak in metaphors and parables. Nothing in transmission can be truth because, again, like it's an extrapolation. So if you assume that everything is a lie, now you are at work. Now you are at practice. Yeah, if you can accept everything as a, a lie, now you are at work. Now you are at practice. Now you are on your way to understand. The real tools of teaching. God, this is so good, man. This is so good. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you in another way. You could hold up one orange, right? And you could be like, well, Sevon, you're not lying. But it depends on what you want to see. You have to make the presupposition that the orange is separate from the whole. You have to accept that perspective. You have to accept that perspective before you can say that that's true. But people don't even, they're, they're not even conscious that they're accepting that perspective, that it's separate from the whole. And it takes us back to the line from the Tao Te Ching. Naming is the origin of all particular things.
Well, uh, Bernie Gannon, uh, I'm not sure uh, lie is exactly the right word. I, I, under, I, under, I understand. I, I understand. But um, uh, but let that go. Let let the let the um. It, well, here's the thing. You're saying you're saying because it deals with deception and manipulation, but that is what it is. But just don't see it charged with negativity. Just don't see it charged as lying and as as manipulation and deception as negativity. Here's the thing. Here's the crazy part. It is deception and manipulation, but people are doing it to themselves. People are doing it to themselves. Don't worry about other people doing it to you. People are doing it to themselves. What's up with your crutches? What's up with your crutches? Oh, damn. This is a crazy sentence. Young Clark Sevon, you should have Jake Chapman on. I agree. He's an ex-affiliate owner. Doesn't he own like five affiliates? What do you mean ex-affiliate owner? History buff. I like history buffs. History's cool. Old man's game. Lives life at 70%. I hear it's crazy. I thought you were uplifting him, and then all of a sudden you just dropped him on his head. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you. <clears throat> you guys want to see something uh, crazy cool? Look at this. Um, this is uh there's this guy I'm going to have on the on the podcast I can't even fucking remember his name. He's an affiliate he's the affiliate owner of um CrossFit 845. He posted this yesterday. I invited him to come on. Excuse me. Someone told me a few days ago they're like, "Hey dude, you got to have the owner of CrossFit 845 on." Some someone in my DMs. And I'm like, "Okay, fine." And he goes, and, and I kind of just ignored it. And then he wrote me again. He's like, hey, dude, this guy's fucking, he does things different, this motherfucker. I'm like, all right. So I invited him on the show. And I've been texting with him. And, and I uh, I think Susie's going to get him scheduled here soon. Um, anyway, and, and this is, so so then th he posted this yesterday. This is wild. This 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 is CrossFit 845. Maybe the guy's name is David. I should look on my phone. I want to say his name is David Netanyahu, but isn't Netanyahu, that's the guy who runs Israel? What's this guy's name? Not Rich Froning. Uh, not Don Fall. What the fuck? Oh, Dave. Dave. I can't even pronounce his last name. Anyway, look at this video. This is this is from his gym. I think this guy, the owner, makes this shit. This is this is like 
I don't know. This is the stuff that CrossFit should be putting out every single day. It's nuts. Okay, here we go. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to explain this as well as I want to. Um, but I, but I woke up. I think that when you're a person who experienced the kind of things that I experienced in my life and you've had people that have told you you're not good enough, you're not worth it, you wrestle back and forth and you kind of, you kind of hide yourself. You hide who you are as a person. And um, I was on the verge of turning to 43 and I said, I need, I need to really just let go of these things and I need to just move forward. And I did the work, you know, I did the mental work, I did the healing, still a long way to go, but I woke up and I said, this, this is, this is my rebirth. This is me giving myself a gift of life that no one has ever given to me. And it's a really, it's like a gift of love. I doubted myself so much. And that, that's how I spent the last 10 years of my life is just living in just self-doubt. So much so that, you know, it really took me to a, a very dark place. And I just, I just, I didn't believe in myself. I didn't know that I was capable of doing any of this. And so I walked away from it again because I just, I was like, I'm not good enough for this. Like, I'm never going to be the person who gets bar muscle ups. I'm never going to be the person who gets handstand walks or whatever. Um, I just kept looking at what other people's abilities were rather than actually looking within myself and realizing that I had my own abilities, my own unique things that made me. And that just took such a long time to figure out. This is, this is the row that I've always wanted in myself. I knew she was here. And even though it took me so long to find her, I'm so glad that I did. I wake up every day and I'm like, wow, this is me. This is, this is who I've always wanted to be. And I gave this to myself, you know? And I think that's the biggest transformation is, is my mentality. Even on the really hard day, days, I'm still amazed at what I'm able to do. I, I never want to know the ceiling of my potential. And I, and I look back on my life and I think to myself, like I was a fighter, I've always been a fighter. Like even the things that stomped me down, I still got up. I still found my way back to fighting for it somehow. But this time it's different where I don't see a, I don't see a limit. Crazy. So good. So crazy good. God. She she stopped feeling sorry for herself. You're saying uh, it looks like my Instagram is working again too. I didn't get one of those things saying that I was like abusing my privileges or whatever. You're saying that that's on the CrossFit Instagram? Is that would be amazing if they found that. Did he tag CrossFit? That was just pu published yesterday. Uh I don't see it on their Instagram. They should put it on there. They should put it on there. It's so good. It's so good. 
normally I don't like shit like that because like she she's it's so abstract. It's so abstract. It's just it's just pure emotion. Towards the end, it kind of gets uh, rooted in like she finally is who she wants to be. So if you want to be who you want to be, do CrossFit. Um, there's obviously with the images, there's the implication there that she's overweight and she doesn't want to be overweight. Um, uh, so, um, but yeah, it, it's, um, it's fucking good. Uh, okay, let's do it. You want to party? Let's do it. God, this guy is such a fucking tool from the fucking New York times. I wonder what it would suck to be a tool like this guy. I'm so glad I'm not a tool. I guess I should just be thankful I'm not a tool. Here we go. Uh, New York Times interviewing um, uh, Elon Musk. I don't even know this guy's Andrew Ross Sorkin. Man. I just want to tear him up. Uh, here we go. The approach to um, some of the stuff you're doing with, with AI has been very specific, right? There's not a let, let the chips... I, I, I don't care. I, I don't have any of those judgments. I don't. Someone sent me someone sent me a DM saying, uh, hey, look at this L4 trainer. How could she be L4 and still be fat? Like, I don't care. I, I, fucking life is hard, man. Everyone's trying I, to quit smoking. I had to try fucking like 50 times, dude. And I never lied to myself like all the other people who are like quit smoking. They're like, it's fucking gross. It's dumb. It's blah, blah, blah. No, it's fucking great. But I need to stop or else I'm going to die. I don't want to die with fucking emphysema. Life's hard. I don't mean that in like a in a bad way. It's fun and hard. I have no problem with someone being 400 pounds and being an L4 trainer. I wake up hard too, crazy hard. God, I woke up this morning fucking losing my mind. Fucking my kids were in my bed. My wife's so fucking, I was gonna. Yeah, I have no issues. Oh, you can't be an L4 trainer because you're fat. No, sorry, I ain't doing that. You can't be a cardiologist because you smoke. Nope, I'm not doing that either. You can't be racist because you're black. Nope, not doing that either. It can be all those fucking things. I don't give a fuck about that kind of stuff. I I don't. You don't need to. You don't need to. Um. Uh. uh you you. Uh, I'm inspired by people who try. I'm inspired by effort. I fucking believe in people. I don't care. I, I admire the person who, who smokes five packs of cigarette that tells cigarettes a day that tells me to quit than the person who doesn't smoke cigarettes and tells me to quit. Yeah, if you're a yeah, great, great question, Heidi. If you're a fat cardiologist, your fucking opening line better be like, hey, dude, me and you are both fat. We should lose weight together because we're going to die. Call her. Hi. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, caller, hold on, hold on. I, I, my phone never works. By the way, I made a special guest appearance on Garrett Glinton's uh, podcast c called like the Glinton Effect or something the other day. She fucking cold called me and I answered and I was live on the air. Hold on, hold on, caller, hold on. Okay.
Action. Not action. Action. No, 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 no. Hold on. So any, but first of all, I can't believe somebody DM'd that to you about the the L4 and her size. Dude, what I want to remind people will be like this. People will be like, how are fat people judges at the CrossFit games? I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, I know. What are you talking about? Who gives a fuck? But I will say this. There are people who are way too fat to be on the work crew at the CrossFit games. You are fucking endangering other people. There are some really obese motherfuckers that are on fucking CrossFit's crew and Rogue's crew that are endangering other people. But the judges, judge the fuck away. I love you. Get on the journey. But be honest, man. You can't be rolling a 500-pound deadlift bar when you can barely bend over and touch the bar. You can't be – you can't even – I saw them carrying platforms, and this one chick was so fat as they lowered a fucking platform. She had to fucking let go of it, and all the weight all of a sudden shifted to the other five people. That's bullshit. Yeah. The thing is is – but the other like, shit, like, you like said you're an asshole that, that, if you don't think a fat person can be a judge. You're a scumbag. Go well, ahead. and and to use not to use words from from Athena, but I am going to use some words from Athena. Yeah. And you never know what part of someone's journey they're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when yeah. you see that person yeah. judging at the games, you don't know where they're at in their in their journey. Right. And Everybody that claims that we're this wonderful community and we're so accepting and welcoming should be careful with the words that they choose when you decide to say things about these larger bodied athletes. When they say these things, be careful with your words and don't shit on that L4 just because she's larger than than what you expect to see. Apparently, people have forgotten with the way that Athena was treated or maybe they don't know. But from, from even seminar staff, she was not treated well. So then to see this other person possibly groomed to be an L4. Um, it's like, as much as I would like to make comments about that, I don't want to make negative comments about her size. And that's where people even in this chat need to choose their words carefully and stop casting stones. You sound like, the, is this the dude who called yesterday? Who has, you have a, you're five one and you have a fucking huge dong. <laughs> it's Philip Kelly, you prick. Oh, sorry. Damn. <laughs> yeah yeah hey i'm i, I, I there there's um I, i'm not um uh good to talk to you philip um i'm not uh, <laughs> yeah, i'm the I, I i i i there's oh he hung up anyway thank you for calling philip i guess that conversation's over all right anyway they, yeah i agree with all this shit philip just said yeah i was flossing did you see i brought i got some nasty shit out of my teeth I had some crazy meat last night. I had some, some thick fucking dark meat in my mouth last night. I wonder I wonder if um I wonder if uh when I'm have a million followers on um YouTube, if I'll go on little shit podcasts, probably not be too cool for that. Okay, uh, here we go. Fall where they may approach to those businesses. I don't think. No, we focus on making the best products, and 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 Tesla's gotten to where it's gotten with no advertising at all. I understand that. Tesla currently sells two, twice as much uh, in terms of electric vehicles as the rest of electric car makers in. in the, United States combined. Tesla has done more 
to a healthy environment than uh, all other companies combined. It would be fair to say that, therefore, as a leader of the company, I've done more for the environment than everyone else, any single human on Earth. How do you feel about that? No, I, no, how do I feel about that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm asking you personally how you feel about that, because this goes, we're talking about power and influence and... I'm, and saying, I'm saying what I, what, what I care about is the, the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. Okay? Let me ask you this, because I think part of this... The Fuck them. That is the entire fucking left's propaganda towards marginalized people. Feel sorry for them. Give them free fentanyl. Put them on the government's dole because you feel sorry for them because they're dumb. That's the entire left's thing. Every fucking Democrat is doing fucking bad shit to fucking marginalized people. Under the guise of being nice. It, it, they're fucking scumbags of the highest order. I'm so glad to hear fucking Elon come out. Uh, Airy Bros. Uh, bro, you have 24,000 followers and we can't get you on the Airy Bros. Oh. Oh, that's a great uh, logo. Oh, is this Jim? What's your name? I text with you. I need to call you today. I'm going to the skate park today for two hours. Let's talk today. Where have you fallen down into my text threads? Let me, I'm going to type your name in here. Jim. Jim. What's your name? Your Raw's friend. I like you. I like Raw. Shit. Oh. Oh. That's not true what Andrew Hiller just texted us. Andrew Hiller said his top podcasts are Sporty Beth, Ryan Fisher, Sam Sulek, and Mark Bell. There's no way. His top YouTube channels. Probably not supposed to read private text messages. Uh, it, uh, Sean Lenderman, I can't understand why Elon said blackmail me with your money. I don't think ads really constitute as blackmail. But uh, no. Uh, so Sean, uh, it was a little out of context. What he's saying is that um, he's not saying that um, it would be like if I took an ad from well, uh, California Peptides. Perfect example. Oh, same with the Paper Street Coffee, my relationships with them. I was drinking Good Dude's Coffee, and he wanted to give me money. And I said, hey, I'm not going to say I did drink your coffee. And he's like, you don't have to. You can even tell people my coffee sucks. I'm like, all right, cool. Take your money. He didn't. That's what he meant by blackmail. He didn't really use maybe the word blackmail, but to, to participate in something that's disingenuous. Same with California peptides. Before, when they were CA hormones, I was like, hey, I'm not going to do a TRT. And she said it like a thousand times, I should try it, I should try it. And I said, no, no, no. But she kept giving me money. Now she does peptides. And, and she didn't care that I was, was honest about it. She wasn't asking me to, 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 to be disingenuous. 
I did start taking the CJC twelve nine five and the BP one five seven again last week. Maybe that's why I woke up this morning just with a ravenous cock. Ravenous. Damn. Jeez Louise. It was ridiculous. So that's what he meant by blackmail. He didn't mean, he's just basically saying like, hey, he's not going to censorship on, um, uh, so so basically before you have to remember when, ph- when pharma is giving all of this money to Twitter, they can also be like, or to YouTube or to Facebook or to whatever, they can also manipulate what what what's being said. Hey, we gave you a billion dollars, therefore, blah, blah, blah. Wrap it up, Sevy. I'm leaving. Okay, fine. I got more Elon stuff. We can do it later. All right, guys. Uh, Shut up and scribbles coming on. Uh, Thank you, Jan, for the hint. And I love you guys. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.